Okay, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Around D3. I'm Simple Coach. That there is Jackie. What? She's not there. Oh my gosh. I gave her a treat and she's bailed on me. Um, so today I got an action-packed uh, show for you. But first off, I want to give a shout out to my Mount Union Purple Raiders. As of this recording in the evening, they will be playing for the national championship in uh, men's basketball. So I am hoping that by the time you're watching this, I will be wearing a t-shirt that says Mount Union Men's Basketball National Champions. So super pumped for that as an alum. Um, Today, I just want to cover some, some different things about the spring. Um, saw some, some travel going on with a bunch of programs. Got, um, I have a special request um, going out to students, players of different programs that I'm going to open up the channel to them. Um, and then I got some other news uh, around, um, around D3 that um you know is about where you can watch some of my content so okay with that let's get rolling first up is just an observation and you can probably go on twitter and um and instagram and see updates from all the different schools um spring season practices have for the most part all begun um, they will be going for the next uh, five, six weeks of training and including a, a, play, uh, a play date. So they'll be able to, to play some games. The, oh, there she is. Huh? There she is. Guess she ate the treat already. Um, so uh, this year is the last year of this current format. Next year they get an extended, they change the, how they count the, the practices, but they basically get six more days of spring training, no additional games, which is kind of blah, but a um, little bit of an expansion of the spring season next year. Um, but with that, probably the most interesting thing that caught my eye is, you know, part of the experience of being a student athlete at, you know, a division three school, most schools do it at all divisions, but I think it's particularly salient at the division three level is you know the opportunity to once every four years for ncaa rule per ncaa rules to you know travel abroad there's two types of travels that i've noticed and having conversations uh with coaches first are um every couple of years a lot of schools a number of schools i'm thinking caltech i'm thinking uh Mary Harden Baylor will go and travel out of region to meet um, teams uh, wherever they're going to. So I think Mary Harden Baylor came up to the Northeast. Um, I think um, um, there are some teams that are traveling to the Midwest. Um, Caltech is traveling to the Pacific Northwest. Um, it, just to be able to you know, change up their schedule where they have might have limited uh, Division three schools to play. So they go out, go out of region to, you know, step up the competition or just to, to do something different. The 
they do that's the one they do every couple of years every four years schools are allowed for the ncaa to go out of country so they do international travel so i'm just going to run through really quick um some of the schools that i found and this is by no means a comprehensive list um, that traveled overseas um, and it, it i mean it is quite important um for these programs i mean it's just Think about it. It is above and beyond what they already are allowed to do from a practice and, and a game standpoint. So generally they go overseas, they get, I'll just say a cultural immersion into wherever they're going. They generally play three, maybe four games. Um, and a lot of schools do some service. So, you know, there's a element of them volunteering their time, whether that's coaching kids or, you know, um, um, you know, helping out to uh, building of a house or, or, or some such. Um, and yeah, and this happens generally every year just because it's, you know, around D3. And I just figured I would highlight some of those schools and where they went. So, you know, as a student athlete in Division Three, this is something to consider. You will have the opportunity at some point in your four years to go uh, to travel abroad. Um, if the school so so uh, deems it. So, um, all right. So let's go to the to the map. So I put together this map of the world um, and uh, put some of the schools and where they travel to. Like I said, this is by no means a comprehensive list, and I'm not pretending to. And I'm sure there's more schools that went to places. Um, but these are just some that I noticed through my feed and uh, decided to take note. Um, so John Carroll University men's went to England, Central men and women went to the Netherlands and Germany, Alma College went to Spain, Russell Sage men's and women's uh, went to Spain, they visited Barcelona, Zaragoza. Um, North Central, you know, um, they went to Italy, which is no, no, no surprise. Um, Case Western Reserve went to it, um, it went to women went to South Africa, uh, University of Wisconsin, Oshkosh, Oshkosh women went to Costa Rica, Cortland men's and women's Steve Axtell um, and his wife, who is the head women's coach um ended up going to italy wittenberg women to costa rica university of chicago the the um, men's team national champions went to brazil widener men's that outstanding program from this past year um, uh, visited costa rica clarkson men shout out to ben Choi. Um, went to Spain, my stomping grounds. Um, Wisconsin Lutheran men went to uh, England and Scotland. Ohio Wesleyan is traveling in August. So before preseason, they're going to get their trip in. So they're going to have an extended preseason basically uh, is going to Deutschland to Germany, um, which I think is a common place for them to go. Uh, College of Wor Worcester men, um, left me hanging in the airport and traveled to uh, Scotland, or excuse me, to South America. Uh, East Texas Baptist 
went to another trip to Spain. Nazareth College men are hit, are going to Spain as well. Rochester Institute of Technology visited Costa Rica. Uh, and then Elizabethtown men uh, uh, visited England. Got a few more. Um, Denison hitting Costa Rica, Augsburg, Costa Rica, you know, uh, living Pura Vida is, um, is a popular destination, it seems. Um, Stevens women traveled to uh, England. Eastern Connecticut state men's went to England as well. Bethel University women um, uh, traveled to Brazil and SUNY New Pulse, 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 um, is also taking in some Pura Vida and going to Costa Rica. So like I mentioned, you know, that's a, it's a big deal. It's something you want to be aware of, like, you know, as a freshman or coming into a school, like, are you going to get to travel overseas? I mean, it is a once, I had to say it's once in a lifetime opportunity, the experience I traveled with one of the teams I used to coach, um, to uh, Italy and Spain, and you—it's you, just a great opportunity. Um, and living, living the soccer life, and then combining it with the tourism is just a fantastic opportunity. So, just wanted to give a shout out to those schools that I that I tracked that um, that that took that opportunity. So. Um, all of those schools, four years from now, within four years, we're going to have the, the opportunity to go again. So, um, okay, on to the next. So now on to some not so cool news. Um, I mentioned in a couple around episodes ago about um, Casanova College shutting its do doors and. You know, that, that saddens me to, to a great degree, right? It's not just that they're closing the programs, they're closing the school. And, you know, I, I like in all these schools are, are shaping future leaders, right? And so it, it, it pains me to see that some of these schools are have the financial troubles that they do. And so, um, and I don't know if you noticed, but I just got myself a hat today. The hat of the day is the Casanova College Wildcats to give a shout out to all of those student athletes and students that, um, um, you know, left it on the field or in the classroom, you know, over the years um, that, um, you know, you know, their their school being shutting down. So um, unfortunately, that's not the end of it. Right. Like uh, just learned. Another school will be closing its uh, doors, Finlandia. Uh, I think it's in Michigan. Um, they will be closing their doors again, or closing their doors as well. Um, financial and enrollment issues um, are making it difficult to, to sustain itself. So shout out to their players, their student athletes, students, everyone involved. And, um, I did also order myself a hat, um, and maybe uh, what I'll do is I'm going to reach out to the coaches there to see if we can't get something going in terms of a simple coach-to-coach -coach interviews, just to memorialize that these these programs 
and student athletes have, you know, were there and, and we can, you know, have a have a good remembrance of the, those programs. So um, and maybe talk about some of the issues that um, that they're dealing with now in terms of squads and whatnot. So. Um, yeah, so bummer news. Um, so today, hat of the day, Casanova College. Once I get my Finlandia hat, that'll be the hat of the day. So, so this next piece is pretty cool, I will say so. So a friend of this show, friend of this channel, big supporter, had a chance to interview him uh, last year, I think. Um, really gracious, um, really knows his stuff and to boot is hugely successful, right? There is no doubt about his capability as a coach just because of the results he's had. I mean, 11 trips to the NCAA, two conference championships, four NCAA Sweet 16s, two Elite Eights, three-time Regional Coach of the Year, two-time Conference Coach of the Year, um, and I'm speaking of none other than Coach Dan Wagner at Franklin and Marshall, right? A, a track record of success since he started there 22 seasons ago. And as chance would have it, he, lo and behold, he gets another accolade, which you can't take away, is the winningest coach in the Centennial Conference with 241 wins. And truth be told, knowing Franklin and Marshall, knowing Coach Wagner, um, that number is just going to keep going up because they are, like I said, there is no arguing with the success that they've had and will continue to have under his leadership. So congrats and hats off to Coach Wagner. So for this segment, I just wanted to talk a little bit about soccer stadiums. If you were, you know, coming up in the 90s and 80s, or 80s, 90s, um, um, and when the internet was just sort of starting to develop and hung out a lot at uh, bigsoccer.com, you know, one of the things that got everyone everyone charged up were the artist renderings of future MLS stadiums and what that would be and what it would mean, and you'd have all these debates, and it was pretty cool. So I think my fascination with them continues to this day. You know, playing in the 80s, a lot of teams, right? Like, you were lucky to have a patch of grass that, you know, was was manicured and, and was playable. Um and because very few teams had what I'll call their own stadium, right? Um, um, lots of times they, you know, it was literally carved out of a, you know, almost like pasture-like setting, you know, put some benches, and some, some bleachers, and there you go. Um, and it was very rare to go to schools that had soccer-specific stadiums. I'm thinking Ohio Wesleyan was a case in point where you showed up and Played on a on a you know perfectly manicured field in the stadium setting and it was a real deal. Um, and you know, I'll say at some point a lot of schools obviously migrated into stadium into football stadiums where they had where they would install turf and which was fine. Um, 
but I, but I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna I've been putting my stake in the ground and saying that you know I think it's time that you know where doable where possible like I think it's time for schools to have their own soccer stadiums right um, I think I think it's a catalyst for schools to really put put a premium on their soccer recruiting aspects so um, you know this past week I had the opportunity to talk with coach Garno in a um, simple coach to coach interview and he made me aware of some things that they're doing um, uh, at RIT and building their stadium. They already have a field, but there's a big project underway. Um, and I managed to go look at the renderings and I just figured I'd have to share. And I actually think, and I will say, to one degree or another, this is sort of like the future of where Division Three soccer, I think, needs to go. And I'll, I'm gonna throw in lacrosse there as well because not opposed to you know, maximizing the usage out of it. So I think it would be a natural, natural thing for it to be soccer lacrosse stadium, right? So um, with that, I'm going to pop up this picture, this beauty. I mean, it is beautiful. So this is the new RIT stadium. Um, I think they just got funding. And this is the architectural drawing. Um, and I will just say it looks fantabulous, right? Super fantastic. It has locker rooms, offices, you name it, stands, um, and it's already it's going to augment what they currently have. The field is already in place, but and I'm not saying to this degree, but the remarkable thing is that this is the sort of thing that I think schools I think you know schools should be doing right and and working towards building something a little bit more permanent than what a lot of schools have. And I'm not saying that the field surfaces are not, are not great, but you know, when you think about the other sports and what they have access to, like it's time to step up that level, I think with, um, with the soccer programs and okay, lacrosse programs as well. So, and you see a lot of this, obviously, I, again, I'm, hitting the easy button on the financing piece of it, right? There's a lot of fundraising, capital campaign issues that have to be dealt with, all that kind of stuff. So I'm totally acknowledging that. But you see a lot of, I mean, if you go to a lot of schools, and again, some Division three schools, the amount of focus that's been placed on their, on the infrastructure to support these programs is just, you know, remarkable. And what RIT is doing, I think, is another example of that. So simply beautiful I, I mentioned when it opens i think i'm gonna have to get up there because it's so special and maybe i'll do uh special fields of dreams just for that because it's um i mean it makes me giddy you know like okay so you know if you're a follower of this channel or not a follower you just sort of hop in and check out the videos i'm sure you've seen some episodes of what i call fields of dreams where i if I just so happen to be visiting a campus, I walk around, I take videos, make some com commentary, and then end up at the soccer field and sort of show it. Um, I I would love to be able to say that I can visit all 430 
um, colleges and universities in Division Three and be able to do one Fields of Dreams for each. But uh, I don't have an RV, and nor do I have the time, maybe energy, I don't know, um, to go visit them all and do an episode on each. So uh, I just so happened to, I received a comment on the channel to uh, something that I thought, wow, that's a pretty cool idea. Uh, one of the, the comment was, hey, you should ask, you know, students, um, student athletes to do their fields of dreams of their school. So uh, I thought about it, I thought, wow, that's brilliant. So I, I'm, I'm making a call out to soccer programs out there that you know, may have interest. Um, if, if you have someone who would love to do a Fields of Dreams in their own way, the only caveat is that the end has to be, hey, we need a tour of the stadium and commentary and whatnot. I would love to do that. So if you have an interest, you have some, some, some students who, or some athletes who are into the AV world and would love to do something, I will, I would love to take that and I will post to my channel as a Fields of Dreams in their own way. So um, consider this a request for wherever you are, even if I've done them before, right? Like I miss tons of stuff just because I have no idea where I'm at. Um, so by all means, if you're, if I've done a Fields of Dreams and you think you could do it better, I would fully be willing to. You could email me, I'll put it down, sc149249 at aol.com. Shoot me an email, happy to give you some insights, um, but would love, love, love to see what, uh, what someone can do with the Fields of Dreams uh, at their school. So um, yeah, that would be awesome. If I even get one, that would be fantastic. So, all right. You know, I've I post at the end of all my videos. You know, subscribe, and you can find me. Um, so we're into podcasting, right? So I mean, if you want to check us out at um, at Spotify, uh, iTunes, number of different platforms, you can find us there. Um, and whatever content I do for the main channel ends up getting distributed as podcast. You can also find me on, you know, in anti-social media on Twitter. And I'm trying to do a little bit more on Instagram, still trying to figure that out, how to best post. Um, and then obviously uh, I am on YouTube and goals.tv, uh, um, G-O-L-Z. Uh, which is a new and upcoming um, site for soccer content, all soccer content, um, uh, you know, from, you know, I don't know, gaming stuff to, you know, international to a bunch of, you know, podcasters like myself doing their own shows on, you know, different teams and, and games and whatnot, game reviews, and then college soccer segments. So I, um, partnered with goals to post content there as well. <clears throat> but um, I, I don't know why 
maybe it's because I'm, you know, this channel is so controversial that I'm afraid that YouTube will shut me down or ban me. So I actually just started posting videos to Rumble, um, which is an interesting kind of site. But um, I just figured, why not? There's no real sock, college soccer stuff. It seems to be minimal. So I just figured ah, I might as well. So again, it's, it's nothing new there, but there's content there as well that I'll be posting as, as we go along. So, um, you know, this is a global multimedia empire, and I, I make no um, qualms about posting uh, content to, to different platforms. So now on Rumble, um, Goals TV, and obviously YouTube. So, okay, so that about covers it from me, Simple Coach and Jackie, who is now there. She's been out, she's had her snacks. Um, I hope you enjoyed today. It was it was interesting. Like I said, it's the off season, so it's a little bit hard to to find information that I think is would be interesting to to you all. Um, but I, you know, as I accumulate, I keep a running list, and I, I you know, think of topics, and so um, yeah. Hopefully, we could do another one of these in a month or so as information comes out. If you have tips, leads. Even if it's, hey, we're building a stadium too, you want me to show the picture? Would love to, um, by all means. I'm, I'm an equal opportunity guy. So nothing is, as long as it's not controversial, um, uh, uh, I will happily post so and, and, and add to, my, to a segment of around D3. Um, I hope this, the next episode, one of the things that I definitely want to talk about um, are the spring college showcase tournaments that are popping up all over the place. And I want to invite my friend, Matt Bear, who's the founder of discovercollegesoccer.com, who's doing a lot of amazing things in the recruiting world and providing, you know, low cost free um, uh, advice to student athletes who are looking to continue their soccer careers in college, whether it's division one, two, and three. And he's doing, like I said, some outstanding work and, and really, really think, um, it's a valuable resource to y'all. So I'm going to have him on. We're going to talk a little bit about the spring tournaments and sort of this, this is a pretty important time period for a lot of guys and for a lot of schools. So, We'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit, do a segment on that. And, um, you know, with that, again, um, as of this recording later today, I think it, I think tip off is at four o'clock. Mount Union Purple Raiders are in the ch chase for the uh, men's basketball national championship. And I will be screaming and yelling at the TV or um, uh, cheering them on. So. Uh, hopefully, by the time you're watching this, there will be plenty of celebra celebratory posts and stuff that comes out proclaiming Mount Union as the national championship. So saying a prayer today, lighting some candles, um, really going going full bore, going to be hanging a Mount Union flag out in front of my house. And um, yeah, so with that, thanks again for tuning in. Appreciate all the support, all the kind words, your comments, your emails. If I don't get to you, I apologize. They come fast and furious. 
we got some great content coming up, a uh, bunch of interviews, uh, new interviews coming out, uh, new, new coaches, and trying to figure out a time where probably the, the big one that I'm trying to get is a goalkeeper uh, discussion with some Division Three goalkeeper coaches. Uh, who, and we're going to talk about the state of goalkeeping. So, um, yeah, that's, that, that's coming. So, hope you have a great day. Again, thanks for tuning in, and we'll, we'll see each other uh, at the, on the next episode. If you like this show, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. You can also find me on anti-social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks. This is a message from my chief marketing officer. I think this keeps him happy.